0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee. Historians say it's an Appalachian Indian word meaning old town or abandoned fields. Another theory is that it comes from the Muskogee Indians who moved in after the Appalachian tribes were killed or moving away. Now, in their language, Talwa means tribal town, Ahassee means old and rancid. The fight over who will lead the Florida Senate in 2022 has ended. and The winner is Kathleen Pasadomo, but only if Republicans can hold their majority. Good news for Ursus Americanus Floridanus. A bill to increase penalties for poaching the Florida black bear has been approved in a House committee. Backers of a bill to allow college athletes to cash in on their fame say endorsement deals are not enough. They want all student athletes to be compensated, not just the stars. Help me be on the way for more than two million Floridians with diabetes. Two Democratic lawmakers are sponsoring a bill to cap the cost of insulin. We'll also have your daily calendar of events and catch up on the latest adventures of a Florida man facing impeachment. And it's not Donald Trump we're talking about. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, November 14th. Senator Kathleen Pasadomo of Naples has wrapped up her bid to take over as president of the Florida Senate after the elections of 2022. She's been waging a quiet leadership battle with Senator Travis Hudson of St. Augustine for the past year, and he's thrown in the towel, telling Peter Shores of Florida Politics that Pasadomo would be the best one to lead the chamber because he'll be busy with a newborn and the family business. Hudson dropped out of the race and pledged his support to Pasadomo, and he asked her not to punish any of the lawmakers who had been supporting him. The race among Republicans may be settled, but PasadoMo cannot relax. She'll spend the next couple of years supporting GOP candidates and trying to prevent the Democrats from winning enough seats to shift the balance of power in the upper chamber. If Democrats do take over, they'll pick the new president of the Senate and she'll be relegated to the role of minority leader. Score one for the Florida Black Bear. The House Subcommittee on Agriculture and Natural Resources has approved a bill by Representative David Smith of Winter Springs that will increase the penalties for people who kill bears or possess freshly killed bears outside of designated hunting seasons.
1: So bottom line, House Bill 327 puts bears on an equal footing with uh, deer and turkey uh, by increasing slightly the penalties for poaching and, poach- and poaching only. Creates a mandatory minimum fine from 500 to 750 and from a one year suspension to a three year suspension. However, I'd like to point out that there's reciprocity with 47 other states uh, on that license suspension. I worked this bill over the summer, it's a constituent driven bill. Uh, from Bear Warriors United, which is a statewide agency, but headquartered in Central Florida. But I can tell you that I'd like to share with the committee that working with Fish and Wildlife Commission, uh, Jessica Crawford and Lieutenant Colonel uh, Eason, uh, who had been involved with an undercover operation for bear poaching in Florida, was a pleasure to work with them, and they helped me shape this bill uh, to the satisfaction of my constituents. I believe this bill is a reasonable measured approach to protecting Florida's natural resources. Uh, It has nothing to do with the legal hunting of bears when a season is open. It has nothing to do if you accidentally hit a bear with your car. It has nothing to do if a bear comes in your yard and threatens your family and you defend yourself and your family. This deals with poaching and poaching only.
0: Bear hunting is a controversial issue in the Sunshine State. The last legal hunt was held in 2015 when hunters took out 304 bears in a couple of days. They were killed so fast that the Hunt was basically called off, and the State Wildlife Commission hasn't authorized another one since then. A bipartisan consensus is beginning to emerge in the Florida legislature that college athletes should be allowed to cash in on their own fame and accomplishments. The question is, how far do they go? The governor has endorsed a bill allowing them to profit from endorsements, but State Senator Randolph Bracey of Orlando wants to do more.
2: As more than a symbolic recognition of their hard work and sacrifice, SB 582 would allow these athletes to be fairly compensated. For the use of their name, image, and likeness, to sign endorsement deals, and to hire agents to represent their interests. So many of these college athletes generate astronomical revenues for the NCAA and their respective institutions, and yet some struggle with fundamental living expenses. It's only fair that they receive some of the profit that they generate. I also plan to incorporate language that would create a revenue-sharing model for all NCA participating athletes to earn a share of the revenue that they generate beyond the monetization of their name, image, and likeness. I believe that every NCAA athlete, not just the star athletes, should be entitled to a reasonable stipend that represents a fair share of the overwhelming wealth that they generate. From the NCAA's annual billion dollar March Madness TV deal to the profits generated from Team Jersey sales to ticket sales, the abundant revenues generated from the participation of these athletes should entitle them to direct compensation.
0: Endorsement money is one thing. The Board of Governors of the NCAA has reluctantly embraced the concept of allowing athletes to market themselves. But actually paying college athletes and allowing them to hire agents before they turn pro is something else entirely.
2: I don't think it's too soon. Um, The NCAA is a billion dollar uh, Money making industry, and the students have not had direct compensation for a very long time. And so, I think this conversation is overdue, and I don't think it's too soon to introduce the concept. I think you know, the NCA would have never um, voiced support if you know the California bill didn't uh, come into fruition, and now the Florida bill they see the handwriting on the wall, and so I think. It's time for us to push the issue because uh, I think it's right. I think, obviously, the money is there. We're talking billions of dollars a year. So uh, I think it's only fair that we, we talk about this
0: now. This is more than just an academic discussion for Senator Bracey. Before his life in politics, he starred on the William & Mary basketball team and is now a member of that college's Athletic Hall of Fame. There are more than two million Floridians living with diabetes, and the price they pay to stay alive has risen dramatically in recent years. Insulin has been around for 100 years, but instead of getting cheaper, prices in America have gone through the roof. So Representative Nick Duran of Miami is sponsoring a bill that says people should pay no more than 100 bucks a month for the drug they need to survive.
3: Insulin is the poster child of pharmaceutical price gouging today. And we have decided to take action, action that will be immediate, that will go into place next year, Uh, and allow Floridians to live a little bit more uh, uh, with with the idea or rest a little bit more easy that they have access to medicines. Each one of us took a pledge when we ran for office to ensure that we could uh, expand access to affordable quality health care, and this is a part of what we believe is important. Uh, And so the reality of this bill is is that what we're doing today is taking immediate action, uh, action that says that we were going to pull this out of the hands of everyday Floridians and having to deal with what the costs are. And we're going to force, and we're going to allow the insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies to handle that discussion. Uh, It is a simple proposition, 30 days of insulin should only cost $100 to every Floridian here in the state of Florida when they need it, Uh, and, and it is that simple pure and simple.
0: Senator Janet Cruz of Tampa is sponsoring the bill in the upper chamber. She says the whole idea of that $100 per month cap is to take patients out of the equation and let the drug makers, the pharmacy benefit managers, and the insurance companies fight it out.
4: Nothing with the drug itself has changed in that time period. Nothing. Same formula, same drug, price gouging. That's what's happened. As time passes, innovations are made and drugs are manufactured cheaper. Typically, costs are supposed to go down, not increase. And there's way, way, way too much finger pointing on the issue of insulin and affordability. The drug manufacturers blame the PBMs. The PBMs blame the drug manufacturers. The insurance company blames both of them. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's to blame. This bill removes the patient from the equation, and I say that because someone's blaming someone, someone else is blaming someone, the insurer is blaming someone, but who gets stuck with the bill and the tab? It's the patient, and that's wrong. Let the insurance companies have the money and the bargaining power to fight with the drug manufacturers, not the individual consumer who has to take this drug to stay alive. People should not be dying because they cannot afford insulin.
0: Cruz knows about the problem from personal experience because her mom has been living with diabetes for 30 years. And it's not just for seniors. FSU student Amabella Rudd was diagnosed 13 years ago.
5: As a first year student living with type 1 diabetes at a college university, and for the thousands more that live on campuses across the nation, we are not only concerned with our financial situation, but if we can afford to stay alive. Students are often forced to ration their insulin due to its high cost. Unfortunately, with no one watching after them, students living with type 1 diabetes can quickly end up in fatal situations. By rationing insulin, diabetes are susceptible into developing diabetic ketoacidosis, a dire situation that weakens and harms the body. This is an immediate medical emergency. Diabetic ketoacidosis can cause organ failure, comas, and death. Unfortunately, this is the reality. People die because they cannot afford insulin. The United States insulin crisis is killing Americans. Every day, we must face this expensive, non-self-inflicted disease. Why should the cost of our medical care be the cost of our college tuition, a year's salary, or our own life? Insulin is a human right, and we cannot afford to allow this injustice to occur for any longer. The 2.4 million people living with diabetes in the state of Florida have to have access to affordable insulin now.
0: The bills capping the monthly cost of insulin have been assigned to six different committees in the House and Senate, so this will not be easy. But Senator Cruz and Representative Duran say the legislature showed its willingness to embrace change earlier this year when they approved a bill allowing the importation of cheaper drugs from Canada. That will take a few years because the feds have to sign off. But capping the copay is something Florida lawmakers can do on their own that will take effect immediately. And think about the numbers here. Florida has 2.4 million people living with diabetes and more than 5 million people who are considered pre-diabetic. We'll check out your political calendar right after this.
5: We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predicted is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predict It beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictitorg slash promo F-L-A-P-O-L.
0: The House Civil Justice Subcommittee meets at 9 in the House office building this morning to take up a plan by Representative Brad Drake to abolish the State Constitution Revision Commission. That commission meets every 20 years to recommend proposed constitutional amendments, and every 20 years lawmakers try to abolish it. The House Higher Education and Career Readiness Subcommittee meets at 9 to consider a bill by Representative Mel Ponder of Destin and Adam Hattersley of Riverview that would create a system for military members and veterans to get post-secondary education credits for their military experience and their credentials. The House Pre-K-12 Appropriations Subcommittee meets at 9 this morning to hear presentations about school hardening funds and mental health awareness. The University of Central Florida Board of Trustees meets at 8.30 this morning at the UCF Alumni Center in Orlando. The Florida Department of Environmental Protection will hold a Deepwater Horizon Restoration Summit to talk about restoration efforts and priorities related to the Deepwater Horizon funding. That meeting starts at 9 at the Emerald Coast Convention Center in Fort Walton Beach. The Florida Supreme Court is expected to issue its weekly opinions. That's at 11 o'clock this morning. Florida Department of Environmental Protection Secretary Noah Valenstein and Florida Recycling Partnership Executive Director Kenia Corey will host a news conference at 1230 today on the fourth floor of the Capitol. They'll be presenting Recycling Recognition Awards as part of Florida Recycles Week. The Northwest Florida Water Management District Governing Board meets at one this afternoon in the Gulf County Courthouse. That's in Port St. Joe. And today is the deadline for lobbying firms to file reports showing compensation for the third quarter of the year. And time once again for the continuing saga of Florida Man and his mini-me in Gainesville. It turns out Donald Trump is not the only Florida man facing impeachment. Members of the University of Florida Student Senate have filed a resolution to impeach student body president Michael Murphy for malfeasance and abuse of power for spending $50,000 in student fees to bring Trump's eldest son and his girlfriend to campus to speak. That resolution accuses Murphy of spending mandatory student fees to push his own political beliefs, which is prohibited by student government. Now Murphy claims the visit was not Campaign related, but emails obtained by the UF student newspaper, the Independent Florida Alligator, show a Trump re election campaign official personally asked Murphy to bring Donald Trump Jr. to campus. The filing of the impeachment resolution in Gainesville came just one day before the first public hearing of the Trump impeachment inquiry in Washington. That's it for this installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics. We're back again tomorrow.